Welcome to side B of Sean and D's good tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski alongside still. And we're halfway through Hello, this, <laughs> We're halfway through this list of uh Chris Cornell songs, cover songs by Chris Cornell. And next up on the list, as I look through here, um is is this a Sinead O'Connor um cover D? Sean, it's a Prince cover song. Prince actually wrote this song. Did he really? Yes, he did. I didn't know that. <laughs> I did just remember that. Did Prince did Prince actually do this song? Uh he did. Uh, but it was I don't know if it was ever officially released or if it was like like uh uh not widely released, but uh there was a uh, an album that came out a couple of years ago. I bought the seven inch when I was in Hawaii of of his version. I think it's called Piano A Piano and Songs or something like along those lines. But his version of this song, Prince, is is outstanding. Of course, well, Prince is well, and it's funny because I've heard Prince's version of it, but I assumed Prince was doing a cover of Sinead O'Connor's version. This goes back to our Garth Brooks um, uh, and uh, Adele song from last week where nobody realized it was a Bob Dylan song, you know, so, song, uh, yeah. The song was originally written by Prince for his funk band, The Family, but made popular with Sinead O'Connor's version in 1990. Uh, what was the other note? Uh, here, uh, <laughs> well, this is a good quote. Uh, Chris Cornell posted a link to his version the day after Prince's death. He played this in a, 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 a serious radio show uh, with, with his band. Uh, and, and, and in an accompanying message, he wrote, Prince's music is a soundtrack to the soulful and beautiful universe he created. And we have all been privileged to be part of that amazing world. I performed his song, Nothing Compares to You, for the first time a couple months ago. It is a timeless revel revel relevance ooh, for me and practically everyone I know. Sadly, now his own lyrics in the song could not be more relevant than at this moment. And I sing them now in a reverence as I pay tribute to the unequate, unequaled artist who has given all our, our lives so much inspiration and made the world so much more interesting. We'll miss you, friends. Uh, on Father's Day 2018, Cornell's daughter Tony released the version of the song she recorded with her dad before his death. Yeah. Wow. No, it's. Uh, yeah. Wow. It, yeah. I'm, my mind is blown. Not. I mean that. Yeah. That this was a tribute to Prince. <laughs> I just. Yeah. I just. Uh, I would have never well, guessed it, it. I thought he just took the song and said, "That's a pretty good song. I think I'll cover it and see what I can do with it." We we had the the full covers episode last week, and uh, and and I didn't include a single me first and give me give me song on that, and. Uh, uh, they're one of the best cover bands of all time, and they have a great version of the song too. But uh, uh, I'm sure but, it's a little faster than the original version of the song. Am I right? Just oh yeah, but it's that. fucking badass. Oh, I'm and, sure and, it is. Yeah, but they're just yeah. very fast. They they play they play very fast and in your face. A punk band, a punk yeah. band. And yeah. did you know that Chris Shiflett from uh, Foo Fighters is in that band? I did not. Yeah, yeah. The guitar lead guitarist for the Foo Fighters is is in me first and give me. Yep. Uh, and and they're actually going to come up on our next. Uh, episode, our normal episode, because I've got a song that we need to talk about. Uh, circling back from this, uh, this song is so fucking good. And and so uh, the uh, the day Prince died was also the day that uh, China the wrestler died. Okay. Okay. So we were getting on a listen. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> <laughs> China the wrestler died uh, the morning 
that I was getting on a plane to go to South Korea for a trip. And, uh, and you know, so we're like, oh, fuck, China, that, that's crazy. And, uh, you know, it's a 13-hour flight from Detroit to uh, 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 Incheon Airport in South Korea, near Seoul. And uh, as soon as we landed and took the phone off airplane mode, I had like seven, eight, nine texts about Prince dying that same day. You know, so like, you know, you know, like when, when a celebrity dies, you know, everybody's just like, oh my gosh, okay, let's talk about this person or that person. Right. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, like China's death got completely overshadowed and she shouldn't, she should be, you know, obviously compared to Prince. Uh, but then, uh, uh, I guess it was two years later when Chris Cornell died, I was in South Korea also, like woke up to a slew of text messages from people saying, holy shit, Chris Cornell, you know, they just found Chris Cornell you know, dead. And I'm just like, holy shit. But, the, and, and, you know, that sent me into a, a beer and wine field YouTube, you know, wormhole, watching Chris Cornell videos, you know, sobbing at my computer at, you know, this guy's amazing voice. But, uh, but that, that, that's, that, I, I, I was going to say that's a fun memory, but it's not fun. It's no. just the fact that both of these artists passed away. It's a powerful uh, memory. Powerful. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. When I was in 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 South Korea, so uh, so so sticking to that point for just a second with um, Chris Cornell's death, you know, and and uh, what you were just talking about. One thing that uh, I do want to bring up about that was right after it happened. You know, when Chris Cornell died, he 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 passed away right after a show that Soundgarden had just played in you Detroit know, a couple of hours before. Watching that concert because I mean you can watch the whole thing on YouTube or whatever or wherever. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of hard to watch because you're literally thinking, man, this guy's playing these songs for the very last time with these band members that have no idea what's going through his head right now, and then two hours later he's just gone, you know. And it, it it's just a it's a very very um, powerful experience using that word again to watch that concert, and it and it just it, it's very very, I think almost difficult to sit through it because you know what happens a few hours after the show ends powerful and emotional like mm-hmm. like uh, uh he people struggle with this shit you know it's 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 messed up and and you know you hear the song we talked about right before uh the break you know he's sitting there with his 11 year old daughter just fucking killing redemption song mm-hmm. and the pride that he has in his voice you know, talking to her and, and doing that is 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 immeasurable, and and to have this guy be this low and and this unhappy to do this, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this is something everybody should talk about. It. I mean, if you feel like if you feel this sort of thing, you know, don't be ashamed of it. You know, tell somebody, mm-hmm. talk to somebody. Uh, uh, it's it's important, you know. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's it's it, like you said, it's powerful, it's emotional, it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, you know, whether he slipped up in his addiction or whatever it was that led him to make that choice, it's uh, it's sad. Well, and I think the hardest thing isn't isn't. I mean, I said that you know that he's playing these songs for the last time and around these bandmates for the last time, and that that is. But I think it's also looking at him on the screen and saying, what's going through his head right now? 
you know, what, what is in there that's, that's leading him to two hours later to do this. And, and that goes to show kind of what you were just uh, saying. You don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. Somebody that maybe you see at work that looks like maybe they're down and having a bad day or whatever. You don't know really what's going on. And, that's why I think it's always important just to, when you see somebody like that, you don't have to make a big deal out of it, but just, Hey man, how you doing today? You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and maybe that's the moment that they say, well, actually I got this going on. And it happens sometimes where you can ask somebody how they're doing and you'll be surprised at how much they'll just unload on you. That probably means the world to them. Even if you're kind of caught off guard and like, well, I was just asking, I figured you'd say fine. And I'd walk on sometimes for somebody to unload those emotions on somebody like that can be a huge difference in their life. One thousand percent. I think I, I I haven't been hesitant to talk about my own issues on the show. Uh, you know, with, with anxiety and depression and everything. And uh, it's 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 remarkable what a little bit of compassion can mean to some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, here we are recording this in twenty twenty November of twenty twenty, and uh, you know. There's a lot of compassion that could be used right now uh, for people uh, all over the world, mm-hmm. but it's, it's 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 one of those things. Uh, I, and I just looked down at the, the notes of lyrics. The uh, it's been so lonely without you here, like a bird without a song. Nothing can stop these lonely tears from falling. Tell me where did I go wrong? Like, and and as as we're talking about this. And I looked down and read those lyrics. It was just like, oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's fucking huge. By the way, this whole conversation that we're having right now, totally unplanned. It's on the on the on the fly, but I think it's it's actually a very powerful, important conversation to have. No, no. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. And and whoever's listening to this, uh, you know, don't be ashamed of your feelings. You know, you're you're allowed to have whatever feelings you have about anything. You know, but don't just bottle them. Talk to somebody about the mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, even if it's somebody you don't yeah. know, because you you're you don't want to talk to somebody that you do know. <laughs> Strangers help too in situations like that. You know, somebody maybe you're just Absolutely. just an acquaintance that you can unload on. Like I said earlier, without it being something that. You know, you because I think the biggest problem is, is even though most good people don't judge other people for what they're going through or their feelings, you feel like somebody's going to, you feel like they're going to uh, make you feel ashamed of yourself or ashamed of what you're feeling. And that's the, that's the thing is most people aren't like that, but you feel like they're going to be. And, and maybe not unload on the gas station, you know, that's not what I meant. Check out for yeah. when you buy yeah. candy bars, you know, strangers or anything like that, yeah. when they say, how are you doing today? Yeah, uh, but but uh, no, just you know, find somebody you trust, yeah. uh, or, or or somebody you feel like would be open minded to listen to your feelings. But it's so important, mm-hmm. and it's so hard, and it's such a struggle. And I'm telling you, I understand completely the struggle. Anxiety sucks. Yeah, yeah, or or, or you know, just spiraling down for no fucking reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, just yeah, yeah. So anyway, back to a more uh, fun topic. (laughs) Billy Jean. (laughs) Billy Jean. Yes, by (laughs) Michael Jackson. (laughs) So so going back to that bootleg uh, that I was talking about, the uh, Unplugged in Sweden, that's the first time I heard this. You know, like like I found it back when, remember when we used to be able to 
get things illegally on the internet uh, and, and, and it was safe-ish, <laughs> whether it was dial-up or not. But, but so I got this 2012, uh, I think it was 2012, we looked it up and talked about it, but uh, uh, Chris Burnell unplugged in Sweden. He was uh, promoting a, uh, an audio slavery. He just did this one-off show in Sweden. And the first time I heard this song, his version of Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, which is like a slowed down, moodier, bluesier version of, you know, the iconic Michael Jackson song, Billie Jean. I was just fucking blown away. And then he, he put it on his next album, his second solo album, Carry On. And it's, uh, it's so amazing. How can you not love this fucking song? Are you playing it underneath us? I'm not. And I can't hear it? I, I, I will, okay. though. I have not yet, but... Well, no, 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 it, it, it's fine. I, I, I implore people to search it out, and especially the uh, acoustic version that was on that show uh, on YouTube. But, uh, but wow, like to hear this song this way just blew my fucking mind. I remember uh, uh, I threw it on like a, a, a mix CD that I had for my car on my way to work, on my 45-minute drive to work. And uh, after the first time I heard it, I was just like, Oh shit! Like I got to work and I texted like eight people. Like you have to hear this fucking song. <laughs> you have to fucking hear this. It's amazing. It's very um, different than the Michael Jackson version. There's no doubt about that because the <laughs> yes, Michael Jackson yeah. version is so poppy that you probably don't even realize what the song's about because it's just such a pop song. This one, with it slowed down, you can figure out what the song's about, and it's very. I I I like it. It's very dark though. Uh, eventually, uh, okay, according to Jackson's biographer, uh, blah, 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 Billie Jean was inspired by letters Jackson received in 1981 from a woman claiming he was the father of one of her twins. Jackson, who regularly received letters of this kind, never met the woman to ignore these claims. However, she continued to send the letters stating that she loved him and wanted to be with him, asking how he could ignore his own pleasant boy. The letter disturbed him to the extent that he suffered nightmares. And he wrote a goddamn iconic pop song where he's walking down the sidewalks and every step the sidewalk lights up and he's wearing the you know the eddie murphy red uh uh, uh leather suit with the glove on and all that stuff and then it fucking 25 years later chris cornell does a cover of this song and just lays it all out like oh oh this is a dark song <laughs> you know it's fantastic did you read the paragraph? I mean, I'm sure you did because you um, put the notes together. But about the the letter, the with the photograph and the the gun and all that stuff. The, the the I'll just read it. But eventually, Jackson received a parcel containing a photograph of the fan, a gun, and a letter instructing him to die at a particular time. The fan would do the same once she had killed their baby, so they could be together in the next life. To his mother's dismay, Jackson had the photograph of the woman framed and hung above the dining room table of their family home. The Jacksons later discovered that the fan had been sent to a psychiatric hospital. But I mean. There's a little uh, psychiatric need there for Michael Jackson to hang that above the family dining room table, right? Am I wrong with that? I don't think it's any big secret that Michael Jackson <laughs> might not be playing with the full deck. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of freaky. I'm not going to lie. Just, it, I mean, the first part's obviously very freaky, too, that this woman sent him the letter. But it's what he did with it that's probably even more disturbing right now that I'm reading that. Mm. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, here, Cornell had previously performed the song live in Europe, including an acoustic set in Stockholm, Sweden, in September 2006. 
So that's when that came up. What, what year did you and Amanda get married? 2005. 2005, okay. Uh, I believe that this is off of Revelations. And, and for some reason, I'm remembering that me and you, our friend Brandon, and your uncle or your father went and saw episode two? It was episode both, three. It was both of them. Yeah, episode three. And uh, we stopped at Best Buy. And I believe I bought this record that night on CD. It's and, got uh, this song on it? Yeah. It says that Billy Jean was... Oh, no, 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 no. The Audio Slave album, Revelation. Oh, the Audio Slave album. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you yeah. meant for Because he was song. promoting Revelation. And this is this was where I thought, thought we would go a little bit long because that, that fucking unplugged in Sweden. And it's also included on the... Uh, Chris Cornell box set is uh, uh, there's a cover of Wide Awake by Audio Slave. A cover. There's a he does a version of Wide Awake acoustically on that album. It is outstanding, outstanding. But but yeah, this Billy Jean thing was would just kill me, kill me. The first time I heard it, it was like holy shit! I never thought of the song this way, and it makes me appreciate uh, the the weird ass. Uh, Michael Jackson version, and I only say weird asshole because I'm uncomfortable like being a you know, a fan of some of his music now yeah. because of the re- uh, revelations that have come about with him. The yeah. song that sticks out in my mind that I actually like the song "Man in the Mirror." It's a good song, but that that song's got some um, some issues with it. Are you yeah. really looking at the man in the mirror? You know, you, you just got to ask yourself that. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, yeah, it is. It is kind of hard. And, you know, the, the thing about Michael Jackson that's so weird, too, is everybody knows the stories and and all the accusations and all of that stuff. But there is a large part of the population that still reveres Michael Jackson that, that just kind of brushes that aside and just says, this guy's a great artist. I loved him, blah, blah, blah. And you just and it's very strange. There's a certain point. There's a certain point, and I don't disrespect this or discount this, where you have to separate the artist and the art. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, like something can be amazing and beautiful and perfect, and can come from a completely fucked up place or, or a completely fucked up person, uh, and it doesn't necessarily negate the beauty of the art or the, or the brilliance of the art, but it's still kind of hard to reconcile mm-hmm. you know your feelings of, around those things you know yeah and, and, and it's it's one of those it's one of those things going back to what we were just talking about is 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 as troubled as somebody might be you know like you don't understand and this is going to sound snowflakey uh, but you don't understand what led that person to make those decisions and and you know but it but it's just so hard to listen to you know Michael Jackson song and, and be like, oh, this is so good. And then we're like, oh, but he maybe did these things that were horrible. And are, are, are we supposed to like this stuff? But it's I don't still know. good music. I don't know the it is good music, some of it, not all of it. I, I wouldn't well, say no. that I love all of his songs like some people do, but uh there are some songs that are like, Man, that that, that is a really good song and it does kind of make you feel bad. But but how many actors, though, if you if you want to go along the lines of what you were saying, how many actors or especially brilliant actors are really pieces of crap in real life, but yet you can separate that because they're playing a role here. You know, I mean, 
I guess it really shouldn't be any different, but it feels different with musicians because that's them pouring their heart and soul out in a lot of cases because they wrote the music and stuff like that. So that's the differentiation, I think, but it, there is no right answer. No, there's not a right answer. And, and, and what the point you bring up is, is a lot of actors, I think, you know, dig into something inside of them to get that part, which again, mm-hmm. is how do you, how do you extract the artist from the art? You know, these can be brilliant pieces of art made by complete pieces of shit, horrible fucking people. Mm-hmm. But it, it I, does it negate how brilliant the art is? I, I, I can't reconcile that in my head. You yeah. know? Yeah, I can't either. I agree. So anyway, yeah. yeah, it's a it's an interesting take on on a song that once again I'll go back to. I think um, a lot of people just hear the song and it's Michael Jackson and it's Poppy and all that stuff. The Chris Cornell version will give you a different perspective of it. There's no doubt about it. Chills. It'll give you chills if you listen to that Unplugged and Sweden version. It's fucking phenomenal. Uh, the next one, Sean, uh, is, is technically not a cover mm-hmm. because it was based on a poem that Johnny Cat wrote. Uh, you Never Knew My Mind. And, and it came out on the... Uh, 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 forever words it was a collection of caches unrecorded poetry lyrics and letters and this was chris cornell's version of it uh it's uh it's a really powerful song uh and poem uh it's just different and and, and i included it on it because we, we you know we joked about the johnny cash covers and the chris cornell covers but uh, but it's really good. I've, I'm playing it underneath right now. And, and the thing that sticks out to me about it is he did it very much in the tone of John, of the way Johnny Cash played music, where the way he's picking the guitar and stuff like that. I mean, you could hear you can hear Johnny Cash in this song very much. Well, th- th- this is his band. that He, he performs a song with his band. Uh, uh, and, and like the, the solo guitar at the end, which is really haunting and great, is the same guy that did the solo in that, that Nothing Compares to You Serious XM one uh and you know agree and it, but it just said it, it's a great tone for this song it, or this poem uh by johnny cash but it's it's nice you know we joked about the you know that the, we can do johnny cash covers and chris Cornell covers of johnny cash song or vice versa or whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, but so i had to include the song yeah no it's 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 good i'm uh, i would definitely definitely say to uh to check it out it's it's um i i will say this when we started before the show today before we started talking about these songs you asked me what i thought and i said you know it was kind of hit or miss i like some of them i didn't like some of them honestly the ones that i didn't like i probably like more now after we've talked through them than where we were at before we started so you've made me more of a believer as we've gone along yeah. That's awesome. So, and and that, this was and one of them that this was one of them that when I listened to it, because it wasn't a song that was ever popular, you know, because it was poetry that he made into a song. It took me a minute to just like like it, I guess. Even though it sounds Johnny Cash-ish and all that stuff. It doesn't mean I like every Johnny Cash song that's ever been made or anything like that. But but I think I I think after, you know, talking through how he arrived at it and stuff like that, it makes me appreciate it a little bit more. It, it, uh, it's a uh... Johnny Cash and June Carter's son, John Carter Cash, told Lowe about the track's significance in the collection. There were actually two pieces. There was, uh, you never knew my mind, and I never knew your mind. 
they were basically the same lyric that was written from two different standpoints. Uh, uh, and 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 what I, what I was reading that I was looking at the lyrics. Hey, turn your turn your mic toward you a little bit more. You're talking off of it a little bit. Yeah, I do that with the notes sometimes. Uh, and there were times and lots of laughter, and you felt you understood. We were carefree, open, and honest, loving, easy, kind, and true. And I suppose you never doubted that we were all together fine. Then you saw the changes painfully, and you knew you never really knew my mind. And th that part in that song, right there, you know, with that explanation, is is you know, you can tell Chris Cornell pieced that together mm -hmm. so fucking great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another great album people should check out. It, it, it's got some interesting uh, 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 takes uh, and interesting selections from people. And what's the, what's the album again? It's Forever Words. I think it came out in 2017. Okay. 18, yeah. Okay, yeah. very cool. Yeah. So one more song, I do believe, that we've got left on this, and it is... Uh, Two is more songs. Two more songs. I didn't add notes for the last one because we've talked about it before. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, the next song on the list is the John Lennon song, Imagine. And everybody knows that song. If you haven't heard that song, you live under a rock. Um, I think everybody pretty much knows. So when I started listening to this, as I do every time somebody covers this song, I'm very critical of it. I remember when Pearl Jam came out with their version of it, what, 2014, 2013, something like that, where he, they started playing it in concert and you'd see some uh, some videos of it pop up. I was like, yeah, I just don't, I don't really like it, you know? And, and, and I remember thinking, you know, I like most Pearl Jam covers that they do don't really like it. When I very first heard this one the other day, yeah, I'm not really too into it. Well, it takes me to like, listen to them a few times because, and it's because the John Lennon version is so damn good is why I'm so critical of it. But then I saw the Pearl Jam version in concert in 2014 when we were there in St. Louis. And I was like, man, that's really good. You know, cause I saw it in concert, this version after listening to it a couple of times. And especially when you get about halfway through the song, it's a really good version of this song. It just, it just takes a minute to, uh, to get there. I think because it, like I said, the original is so good. You're absolutely right. Like this is an iconic song and, and hearing it outside of John Lennon's voice is a little, uh, you know, like, like, okay, yeah, no, that's sweet and cute and everything. And, and just like with the Pearl Jam version, like you were talking about and, and, and this version, like it takes a second and then you realize not only are they paying homage to it, but it's also, you know, fucking 40, 50 years later mm -hmm. and the song is still so goddamn relevant. Mm -hmm. uh and important uh it's yeah it's 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 amazing uh this this is a you could not have hit the nail better than what you just did with saying how relevant this song still is it really truly is it, it just stands the test of time so well you 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 could have done this in this podcast in 1980 1990 2000 2010 uh and 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 said the exact same fucking thing mm -hmm. about like like imagine there's no heaven like just just basically be good <laughs> you know, just not big assholes to everybody. does that does that say something does that say something about society to a certain degree though <laughs> not positively 100 yeah percent yeah so. 100 in some ways i feel like we regress over time instead of getting better but you know we'll see what happens in the future uh, sidebar is going to uh, the Pearl Jam concert that we went to uh, 
uh, you and I and our friend Josh, uh, they hadn't played Give and Fly yet, which was what I wanted to hear. That's my, we talked about in that mm -hmm. bonus episode seven months ago. That's my favorite song. And uh, prior to playing Give and Fly, they played uh, Rear View Mirror, which I wanted them to play for Josh. And, uh, and then they played Imagine. And I'm like, okay, well, this is, you know, a Beatles heritage. This is my mom and my aunt, uh, you know, like, like I'm so fucking thankful that I got to hear this song. And, mm -hmm. Like, I think I was crying <laughs> watching the concert. Uh, and then a couple of songs later, they played Given the Fly. And uh, I was just like, all right, full circle. Yeah, done. you got to see it all. That was a good done. concert. That was a really good concert. Oh. I've seen Pearl that Jam. Was, I've seen Pearl Jam three times, and I know you've seen them more than I have, but I've seen them three times. And the first two times in St. Louis, they were really good too. But man, that show was just—I I think we've talked about this before. Pearl Jam at one point took themselves really, really seriously, and and now they don't. They just—I mean, not that they don't still take their work seriously because they do, but now they have more fun on stage, and they just go up there and they just they just rock and and they're they're really i th i like i like seeing their concerts now way more than their early stuff just because i i think that they have more fun as musicians now than they used to well because they're not they're not so much in the in in the limelight like they were like mm -hmm. true pressure you don't feel yeah. the pressure anymore because you know although they're still meaningful and important they don't have the uh, it's not so mtv you know, radio heavy, like they mm -hmm. have a little bit more anonymity than they did back in 1995 or 2000 or whatever the fuck, you know, we're talking about. Uh, the, uh, and, and the cool thing about that show, it, it, and it, we may have talked about this, you know, on, on the podcast before or not, was uh, the, uh, the opening uh, of that show was like, it didn't, it started a little later than it should have, but it yeah. was only because of the, the Dodgers Cardinals baseball that awesome. series that they that was like awesome. on the big screen. Yeah. And, 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 and when I tell the story to some people, I say, you know, cause the Cardinals mounted an amazing comeback. They were down seven and, to one <laughs> and they, and they came back they, and took the lead. Yeah. They could have had the Rolling Stones open up and made that crowd happier. Like that crowd uh, uh, was fucking ecstatic watching mm -hmm. the game on the big screen, waiting for Pearl Jam. It was yeah. so fun. Cool. And I hate the Cardinals. Well, and I think I think the thing <laughs> of it was is Eddie Vedder was having fun back, backstage watching the game. You know, I yeah. know he's a Cubs yeah. fan, but 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 he's and a Kerry huge Wood. baseball fan. Yeah. And Kerry Wood was at the, the show, if you remember mm -hmm. right. Yeah, he, he was sitting he was sitting down right at the stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. funny. Yeah, so, that was a great. Yeah, yeah. So um, one more song. To, I actually played the entire Imagine underneath what we were talking about. I didn't mean to play all of it, but people now can hear that it's a it's a good version of it. Last song here, uh, I remember hearing before it was released on the box set that I've talked about so many times, which is fucking fantastic, is his cover of A Day in the Life by The Beatles. And, and I know we talked about the show on The Beatles Show with Richie, or the song with The Beatles Show with Richie, but his version is so fucking beautiful. And just him, a solo acoustic guitar, just outstanding. I'm going to play it again because I, I was just telling you, I didn't realize this was on our playlist necessarily because, uh, because um, sometimes Spotify ads here's songs you might like. And I thought it was a uh, uh, added. So I'm going to see if I can find it and play it underneath so I can, uh, cause I listened to it once just because I was curious about it, but I didn't listen to it more than once. You know, if that makes sense. 
but it, it's just beautiful. And it, it reminds me, and I think we talked about this on the Beatles show, is, is when, uh, when Paul McCartney was on Saturday Night Live one time and played A Day in the Life and, and did it, you know, both the John and Paul parts of it. And, and it's just magical. It's just, again, his voice, nobody sings like this guy anymore. No. Uh, and, 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 and that's the name of the show, by the way, is No One Sings Like You Anymore. Uh, there's no yeah this this is my ode to chris cornell uh, uh and, and and it happens to go with the theme you know of the last couple of weeks of the cover songs but it's uh, amazing he, he really likes to just play songs acoustically when he can it seems like oh absolutely i think he was a pretty arrogant son of a bitch uh and 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 when it came to business sense like uh his ex-wife, I think, is Susan Silver, and I may be wrong about this, but you know, was a manager of a lot of bands, and so I think he picked up some of the business side of things, which was where some of the animosity it, it came from with uh, the Soundgarden initial split, and uh, uh, and now they're they're fighting about you know his estate and whether or not Soundgarden can release songs. Yeah, it's so stupid. It sounds but, like Nirvana all over again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, uh, but just an incredible legacy in the guy's voice and this song. You look if, if you know if you don't get Spotify or don't pay for Spotify and don't follow us on Instagram or Facebook, which you should. Uh, you uh, uh, this is such a beautiful version of the song. We're listening to it right now. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, back to well, the other com- uh, back to the other computer next week until I can figure this out. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> or fix it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's a really good version of the song. I I'm listening to it a little closer right now. It sounds a lot like the Beatles version. Um yeah. but it's just his voice I, which is which takes things to a different level just for the way he sings. It's you know, John Lennon and Paul McCartney find singers in their own rights. But, you know, I would put Chris Cornell more up with Robert Plant than I would with uh, you know, John Lennon or Oh, or sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's just got a different range. Yeah, absolutely. An amazing range. Like But even even I, even like Robert Plant though, he's got a deeper voice than Robert Plant. He can get the he can get like get his voice up in a range that Robert Plant can, but he's also got a deeper voice which makes it sound kind of cool in contrast. <laughs> just like that whole lot of love that that Santana cover we talked mm-hmm. about in the, the previous side. Uh, it's yeah. No, this, and, and, and this is one of those things. Like, like uh, I always dug Soundgarden, you know, when we were growing up, and they, they were putting out shit, especially that Down on the Upside and Super yeah. Unknown. Yeah, uh, those two albums. Uh, but then, you know, when you dig deeper into him, and you know, Audio Slate came out, and you know, digging deeper into the the, the, the solo things, like this guy's just incredible, incredible. And it, of course, Eddie Vedder is my man crush. Like, I'm not going to ever say anything, you know, like, like Eddie better writes the songs that are in my head, I think, uh, which is part of the reason why I love that band. And then Mike McCreeny's solos and Stone Gossard and, and like, they just complement each other so well. Mm-hmm. But, but if you told me that Chris Cornell was going to release an album of him singing the phone book, I would buy it and listen to it. <laughs> Do phone books still exist? Yeah, probably not. But <laughs> that's probably an old saying for, for kids. Yeah. 
yeah. a handful of people that don't know what a phone book is. That That's funny. Yeah. So no, no, he he's got a he's got a very powerful voice. I mean, top top handful of rock singers ever. Absolutely. Sure. I I mean this is again we're going back to the the uh, uh, you know twenty three versus twenty three debate sort of thing. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> there is no debate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I completely agree, Sean. Thank you. But the the uh, the point I was trying to make is is. It's it's just the guy had an amazing rock and roll voice, and then he can turn it down to this acoustic thing. It's just unbelievable, mm-hmm. to me. unbelievable. To me. Yeah, yeah, very very cool. Yeah, fun episode to do to just look at one artist. We haven't done that a whole lot, you know. Um, just a, just a couple of times with Nirvana and Van Halen and some stuff like that, but definitely a, a cool episode and way to wrap up all of our cover songs that we've looked at lately. So are we back sure. to are we so, back to normal next week? Yeah. Do, do you have an idea of the songs you want? I, yeah, sure. Um, I will though. I'll I'll come up with some. You think I think that far ahead, and I just don't. So anyway, you got a you got any sort of sort of vibe you're going for for next week? Uh, the one thing I was thinking about was throwing in dance of Clairvoy- dance of the clairvoyance mm-hmm. and shame shame. That makes just, sense. So we want to try to go like yeah. some some newer songs. We want to look at some newer songs. You want to do? You want to do twenty twenty songs? We can try. <laughs> Not sure how well we'll pull it off, but we can try. I'll give you. I'll give me dance of the clairvoyance. Okay. I'll give you shame. Okay. So that means you you pick three more twenty twenty songs. All right. And I'll pick three more twenty twenty songs. All right. So we'll we'll see what we can uh, what we can come up with with all that fun stuff. So that might be and that'll be episode twenty three. So coming up next week, we will take a look at the top songs of 2020, in our opinion, that we could find. Easier said than done, like I said. But we'll see you again next week, starting next Monday, here on Sean and D's Good Tape.